Hello, friends. This is Derek Kistner, founder and executive director of the Greater Peoria House of Prayer. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Whether you're hearing from me, my wife Mandy, or a trusted leader, it's my hope that it would serve you well in your walk with Jesus. Maybe you're listening at home here in central Illinois, maybe in your vehicle, or even somewhere on the other side of the world. However you're tuning in or wherever you are, it's my prayer that what you hear helps you to love God, His Word, His Spirit, His Church, and the people you interact with each and every day. Thanks again for listening, and may the grace of God fill your heart as you listen to the following message. Heavenly Father, we, we just say we love you tonight. We love being in relationship with our Heavenly Father, the Creator of the ends of the earth, who has himself never been created. You've always been and you always will be. And you're so vast. And to be in relationship with you is just an incredible privilege and joy. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for inviting us into relationship with God. I thank you that by grace, through faith, we've come to know you. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come and just open our ears to hear what you would speak to us, open our eyes to see truth, soften our heart to receive what you would be saying to us tonight through the scriptures we're going to look at. Holy Spirit, lead us and guide us into truth tonight. Help me to communicate as you would have me. And I pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we're we're continuing in our studies in the book of Acts series, and tonight we're going to look at the ministry and humility of Apollos, specifically this virtue that is prominent in the life of Apollos. Now, when people think of the main characters of the book of Acts, you know, they immediately think of Paul and Peter, but Apollos is a very significant figure. He doesn't show up as much as, as a Paul or a Peter, um, but he, is, he, he gets a few comments that make it very clear that he was massively influential and that his ministry was very important. Um, before we get to talking about him, I just want to do a little bit of introductory comments on just the subject in general, the subject of humility. There are many important subjects in Scripture, uh, the, the subject of Christ or the subject of love and loving God and God loving us, um, the subject of prayer. There's many important subjects. I would put the, the subject of humility way up there on the list. The virtue, the doctrine, the, the you know, however you want to say it, humility is very highly commended by God throughout Scripture, from Genesis to Revelation. If, if you're humble, you're on God's good side. Pride, on the other hand, is something that we see he resists. And so it's like, Ugh, if I see that in the Bible, I don't want to be that person. And so, you know, we don't uh, automatically become profoundly humble when we become Christian. This is something that the Spirit must work in us over time. And so just want to uh, very quickly just touch on just the subject in general. Um, we see in James 4, 6, 
Actually, it says the exact quote is in James 4, 6, and also in 1 Peter 5, it says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And I tell you, if there is one line of scripture that just makes it so clear, like, like what to do, it's like, I look at this one and I go, oh my goodness, help me not to be proud because I don't want you resisting me. And this is not something that you're going to hear very often. We often talk about the enemy attacking us and, you know, I, I know the enemy's real, but what I'm really most concerned about, I don't want to be on God's bad side. I don't want to be proud or arrogant because then he resists me. It's, it's, life is hard enough and the enemy's attacking me enough. I need God giving me grace. And God says, you know, I recognize things are difficult. Life can be hard. The enemy's real. He's attacking you. But if you will live with a humble spirit, I will help you. And so there is a real um, responsibility we have. There's a real decision we must make throughout our Christian journey to consistently humble ourselves before him and others to cultivate this virtue of humility. Again, God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. Jesus described himself. You remember the verse? He said, come to me, all you who are weary and burnt out. He says, I will give you rest. I'm gentle and humble in my heart. So Jesus doesn't just value it. He lives it. God doesn't just value it. He, he, he is himself humble is what I'm trying to say. We don't often think of God being humble, but here we have Jesus in Matthew eleven twenty nine saying, I myself, I God, the second person of the Trinity, I'm, I'm inviting you into look at what's in my heart. He says, I'm gentle. I'm humble in my heart. And so if you look at me, you'll see humility and be empowered to live that out. So even Jesus, I mean, when he says... Here's what I'm like, and I'm thinking, okay, powerful and amazing is what I would say if I was Jesus, you know. Of all the things he could describe himself as, he says, come to me, I'm gentle. Come to me, I'm humble on the inside. Like, what a man. Now, certainly he's God. Certainly he's powerful. He's king of the ages. But when he really wanted to connect with us and say, here's what I'm like, he says... I'll be gentle with people. I'll be gentle. If you come close to me, I'll be gentle with you. If you come close to me, you'll see that I'm tender toward you, even when you're weak and broken. If you come close to me, you'll see that I have a humble spirit. And if you see that, it will empower you to have a humble spirit. I love what the well-known Mother Teresa, she's like one of the most famous Catholic nuns ever, she said humility is the mother of all the virtues. That's what Mother Teresa said. That's a good word. She says humility is the mother of all the virtues. Her, her point was that if you get humility, you get pretty much everything else that comes out of that. I personally love studying this subject. It's one of my favorite in the Bible. And the more I study it, the more I go, ooh, I'm not like that. Lord, make me more like this. Because... Uh, humility, it's not, uh, it's not something that we're all just good at. We tend to kind of be self-reliant. We 
tend to, you know, not want to be contrite and admit where we're, when we're wrong. We tend to want to kind of act like we know what we're talking about and not be teachable. There's so many things that, you know, we in our human nature, we chafe against this. And so I study it going, Lord, teach me these things. I want to be more like Jesus. Uh, if you go down to letter B on the notes there, humility, we just talked about it in general, but it's very prominent in the book of Acts. The subject of humility is prominent throughout the 28 chapters of Acts, and it's also notable in the life of Apollos. So that's why I want to just drill into that a little bit. We don't know a lot about Apollos. There's only, you know, a few verses here and there on his life, but when we do study him, you, you, there's a marked, there's, there, you can notice, like, yeah, he was not proud. He was, he was given to, to humility. I'll say this very quickly. The early church leaders, it says in Acts 4.33, this verse is amazing, it said that with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and it says great grace was upon them all. So every one of the early church leaders, it says there was great grace on them. And if we go back to James, James says, if you're humble, you get grace. So how do you get great grace? We have to have great humility. So my conviction is that the early church, the reason that their leadership and then most of the church had such great power and great grace on their lives is because there was a great humility there was a disposition to be humble before God and others. Let's read the passage for tonight, and then I just want to spend a few, uh, I, want, I just want to make a couple points, but man, I love this story. So let's go to Apollos. This is Acts chapter 18, right there on the notes. And if you're on Facebook and you want to go through the notes with me, I've got a printout here. They're on our website, gphop.org slash forward slash teachings. So you can find the little teachings tab and then the, you see the title of the message. There's a little notes box. You can click on that and you, the notes are right there so you can go through with me if you'd like or study on your own. I put lots of Bible verses for study on your own. But this is Acts 18, 24 to 28. It says, A certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the Scriptures. What a statement. I mean, I, I read that and it just stops me. There is such a thing as being mighty in the Bible. This man from Alexandria, this Apollos, he's eloquent, so he speaks well, and he's mighty in the Bible. Like, I want to be that. So he's eloquent, mighty in the Scriptures. He, it says he comes to Ephesus. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord, being fervent in spirit, so he's passionate, he spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord. It says this, though, although he knew only the baptism of John. We'll break that down. So verse 26, he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Aquila and Priscilla, a married couple, heard him, it says they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. This is important. And when he desired to cross to Achaia, which is another town, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him. And when he arrived, it says he greatly helped 
those who had believed through grace. For he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly, showing from the scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. That's Apollos' ministry. That's about all we have in the book of Acts. There's a little more, and there's a few verses in Corinthians, but this is the major chunk on Apollos. So he has so much going for him. Let's go down to number three. He has so much going for him. Okay, look at his ministry resume. He's eloquent. He speaks well. Okay, he's mighty in the scriptures. Right, he's fervent. He's passionate. It says, I mean, the Bible itself says he taught accurately. So he's teaching the Bible well. It says that he... Uh, he was instructed in the way of the Lord. So he had biblical education. He's fervent, he's passionate, he's accurate, but he only knew John the Baptist's message. What does that mean? So Apollos is fired up. He knows the Bible. He's preaching Jesus, but what he's preaching is, is basically only the repent message. That was what John the Baptist's message was, repent. There's someone coming that's greater than me, if you remember John's message. And so Apollos is this fiery man, repent, believe in Jesus, turn away from your sins. And that's effective. That's part of the, the message. That's part of the gospel. But he ends up in a place where Paul had already been. Okay, how would you like to follow up Paul? Paul does a conference, and then you come to the church the, the week after, then you're preaching next. So I imagine Paul has just been at the Greater Peoria House of Prayer last week. Now I have to come up and preach after Paul. Apollos has no idea. And so Aquila and Priscilla are there. So they've just heard Paul the Apostle, the man who wrote Romans. They just heard him teach. And now they hear Apollos come into town. He's all fired up. He's telling people to repent. This Jesus that we've been preaching, he's the Messiah of Israel. Believe in him. And they go, this man is great. We love this Apollos, but we, we see a gap. We see a gap in his understanding. So we're going to, in love, we're going to go tell him what Paul was just preaching. We're going to help him fill in the blanks and tell him there's more than just repent there is the Holy Spirit that's moving. There is a Spirit-filled life. There is so much more than, than even Apollos understood, although he taught accurately. He did. He knew the Bible. He knew the Old Testament. He knew what was going on, but there was so much more. And so, number one, I'm highlighting with Apollos. Apollos, we see in this interaction, is humble and I put here, number one, humble people are teachable. Apollos was teachable. Humble people are teachable. Even though Apollos had this resume of all these things, this strong resume, he was able to be pulled aside by this married couple. And some translations indicate they took him to their house and like, you know, fed him and let him stay for a while so it wasn't like a rebuke after his sermon. No, they really cared for Apollos. And, and uh, Aquila and Priscilla, you see them a number of times in the New Testament. They were a very mature couple of stature, but they had a heart for Apollos. They didn't be like, oh, that guy, pff, he's not a Paul. 
you know, they're like, no, we want this, we want this young guy to really have his stuff together. So they take him aside, and, and again, some places even say, or some translations indicate they just took him home and kind of hung out with him. They say, we want you to understand there's more than what you're preaching. What you're preaching is right, but there's even more, and we want you to understand that. And so they, they speak to him. It says in verse 26, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. This, this is so important because we have a decision, uh, even as we get older and older, we can, we can see kind of a young, emerging, passionate generation preaching things we don't, or they don't, maybe we know a little more or something like that. Maybe we have, we've been exposed to more teaching. We can either sit there and judge them for not knowing things, or we can be involved in helping them grow. That's what Aquila and Priscilla did. I, I myself, you know, I, I, I have trouble sometimes realizing my role as I get older is to help young people learn a little here, a little there, so they can kind of close the gaps in their knowledge. But what's more remarkable and that's kind of its own message. There is a responsibility for the older generation to have that posture and to do it well. We don't just, you know, re- oh, I can't believe you didn't know the, the baptism of the Spirit. Like, you're preaching John. You're so old now. No, they, they, they came over to him and they said, I know you're preaching the baptism of John, but there's a baptism of the Spirit. They're both important, but you've got to know about this one. Throughout the book of Acts, the Spirit's being poured out. There's tongues, there's prophecy, there's gifts of the Spirit, there's angels, there's devils, there's all kinds of things happening. We gotta, we gotta know about this. Apollos goes, essentially, thank you, teach me. I wanna know. Apollos could have said, look, I, I've been instructed in the way of the Lord. I'm fervent, I teach accurately. I got open doors. I'm eloquent. He could have leaned on his gifts and said, no, thank you, Achilla and Priscilla. I'm good. I've got open doors. I've got ministry influence. I've got all these things. He didn't do that. He, he said, teach me. If you know something I don't, I want to know. And so he humbled himself. And one of, the, you know, one of the main aspects of humility is a teachable heart. And so, of course, Apollos is like, if you know something I don't, pour into me. And that's what he did. He, he let them pull him aside or take him home. And, and though he was gifted, he was teachable, and he learned more in that moment. And that's what humble people do. They, they have a lot of little teachable moments that add up to a massive amount of character over time. And so let me put this back on, on you and me. Maybe here in this room, or maybe you're at home watching through Facebook. How about you? Can you be pulled aside? Can you be pulled aside and taught a little more? Can you and I do that? Or or, are we going to sit there and be like, I know more than everybody. I had so-and-so pray for me that one time, or... I heard that guy speak one time, I'm good. Can we be pulled aside? Can our parents, can our pastor, our coach, our boss, etc., can they pull us aside and show you and me where there's a gap in our knowledge or understanding? 
When we're humble, we're, we're receptive to that. When we're proud, we're like, eh, no thank you, and we miss an opportunity. And nobody does it perfect. Everybody's like, well, if they would just, you know, pour into me better, nobody does it perfect. When someone pulls me aside, they're not going to be completely like Jesus. It's never perfect. But we just take the grain of truth and we move on in life. We stay teachable. Here's the thing, when someone gives me feedback the wrong way, I can still receive it the right way. And you can too. I've received so many words that were so harsh and bad. I'm like, I don't receive that whole thing, but what you said, I'll go pray about. And, you know, I've, whether it's a boss or a pastor or a coach, you know, I've had all kinds of corrections and reproofs and pulled aside. And, but we... And I've never done it perfect. I mean, you know, I've tried to get better at it over time, but if people can just pull aside and say, hey, this, 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 okay, cool, thank you. Life is so much better. And so humble people, they understand we never stop learning, we never stop, stop growing, whether it's in our vocation, our job, our ministry, relationships with people, relationship with the Lord, we're always going to grow the rest of our life. There's so much more to mature into, and humble people get that. Proud people have arrived and they're smarter than everyone and they top off way early in life. They don't get more. And I don't want to be like that and you don't want to be like that. We want to stay humble. We want to stay teachable. Let's go to number two. Humble people like Apollos, they keep growing consistently over time. Notice that the scriptures say this. Earlier on in the passage... We see in verse 25, he taught accurately. He taught accurately. What's it say in verse 26? He taught more accurately. I have it underlined there. So he was teaching accurately. Aquila and Priscilla pull him aside. He's teachable. He listens. And a verse later, when he goes on, more accurate. He learns more. He knows more. He's able to do more with it. I praise God in this situation. It doesn't say when Aquila and Priscilla took him aside, Apollo said, no, thank you. <laughs> when Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and Apollos ran away. <laughs> when Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and Apollos argued. I mean, these are all things I've done. When Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and explained him to the way of God more accurately. There's, there's this idea in here that Apollos is going, oh, okay, yeah, I got you, cool. Now, how do we know he received what they said the next verse? We'll get there in a moment. Apollos made a choice. He made a choice to be teachable. Lord, help us to be like this. Help us to be humble. Help us to be teachable. Never underestimate how much you can grow in your lifetime if you just stay teachable in little moments like these. Never underestimate that. We humble ourselves there. We're teachable there. We apologize there. We get something right there. And over time, hundreds of those things stack up into God says, you're humble. I'm going to give you more grace. I'm going to help you. I'm going to put... Put more on your life. 
Let's purpose to carry ourselves like an Apollos. My prayer, as you can see at the, the end of number two there, I want to be a lifelong learner, not a know-it-all. I have studied the Bible for 20 years, and there are days where I feel like I'm just getting to know this thing. I'm just getting to know God. It's like there's so much. Come on. Come on. I'll just say this real quick. Pride can be a struggle for anyone, any age group. And I'm saying this from personal experience because I was a young adult once. It can be hard for young people to really see how important humility is. And so if there's a young person listening on the recording or (laughs) here on Facebook, just know that we're all young in heart, right? I'm 21 forever. It's so important to just have that teachable spirit toward our elders. They're not going to be perfect ever. They don't have sovereign knowledge, but they do have little nuggets here and there that if we're teachable, we can save a lot of time and avoid a lot of pitfalls if we'll just be open. We don't believe literally everything we hear. I mean, there's things that are wrong sometimes, but, but you know what? We, we align with trusted people, and you know what? We stay open, we stay teachable, and every once in a while, we're, we're going to go... They know something. Amazing. You know, we've all had that, you know, when we were growing up, we thought, oh, my goodness, my mom and dad, they don't know anything. And then you have your own kids, and you're like, mom and dad, can you help me with, (laughs) teach me your wisdom. It's like there comes a point where we realize, oh, they did know what they were talking about, about a lot of things. When we're young, it's just so easy to, you know, kind of go, we don't know, we don't know. And we can think, oh, they don't know what they're talking about. They're just old people. No, when we're young, in fact, there's a number of scriptures that, that admonish us, they encourage us to have this humble spirit toward our elders, toward those who are older than us, not only in age, but in the faith. I mean, and here's, it can get interesting because you can be a new believer at 60 years old and be one day old, old in the Lord, and then you can meet a 40-year-old who's walked with Jesus for 20 years. They're an elder in the Spirit. They've walked with the Lord 20 years. So there's this humility that is requisite to the Christian life. Some people get saved when they're 75. And they're going to learn from someone who's been following the Lord for 15 years and they're only 30. And so humility, it's not always just about who's older, but sometimes who's older in the Spirit and just recognizing that and respecting that. Although I do think as a society we need to be uh, disposed to being humble toward those who are older in age. When you see young people who are respectful to- toward the elderly, you know they got some, some good parenting. I'm starting to sound like an old man. <laughs> Let's just do, I'm going to end with number three here. Humble people end up being effective, more effective in the long run. Humble people are teachable, number one. They keep growing consistently over time, number two. And they're more effective in the long run. Why do I say that? We're going to go back to Aquila and Priscilla. They pull Apollos aside. They teach him more accurately. And then, so after that whole ordeal, Apollos leaves. 
and he goes to this place called Achaia. It says the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples who were there to receive him when he arrived. And then it says this, he greatly helped those who would believe through grace. Man, so much happens in this one interaction. This just amazes me. He greatly helps the believers there. Here's what I'm thinking. If Apollos goes into this synagogue in Ephesus, preaches, the fire falls, Priscilla and Aquila bring him aside and say, hey, we appreciate your ministry, but there's so much more. We know you're preaching the baptism of John. There's a baptism of the Spirit. There's like tons happening. If Apollos says, no, thank you, I'm the man of God of the hour. My thinking is he goes on to Achaia. Maybe he helps. Maybe a little bit happens, but he doesn't greatly help. There isn't the kind of breakthrough because when he goes to Achaia, he's armed with more truth. He's armed. He's, he's, he's said yes to the humility in that situation. The grace of God is with him And so there is not just, it doesn't say in the Bible, he helped those who believed. It says he greatly helped. That's what grace does. When we are humble, when God gives us grace, we go from helping people to greatly helping people. We go from making a little difference to a big difference. And again, this isn't about numbers. This isn't about being famous. It's about he had more than just teaching accurately. He was way more accurate. And why does that matter? When we teach the Bible right, people get free. Jesus said, John 8, 32, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. If we preach wrong, not as much freedom. We preach right, we preach truth in the right way. People go, oh my goodness. Zeke's like, I want that. Woo! Whoa! Safe! He's safe at home. They win. I tried to help you there, Mama. This kid, if you let him loose, watch out. What I find interesting about Apollos is not just in this situation. You've probably heard this verse. This is in 1 Corinthians, a couple books later after Acts. Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, and God gave the increase. So Paul, Paul's even saying, my ministry was to plant seeds. Apollo came along, Apollos came along, and he grew. I mean, God does it all. I mean, people minister, God does it. We know that. But Paul's even acknowledging in 1 Corinthians, Apollos took my ministry further. I mean, can you imagine the Apostle Paul admitting, yeah, Apollos took what I did, he grew it. And so Apollos doesn't just get, you know, he doesn't just help like one little town. His heart of humility, his ability to be taught and learn a little more here, a little more there, respond right here, that, that took his ministry to new dimensions. None of that happens without humility. If Apollos is, I'm the man of the hour, I'm passionate, I know it, I got a Bible degree, blah, 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 you know, whatever, None of this stuff happens. God kept giving them grace, more grace. You're going to help the people in Achaia. You're going to greatly help them. You're going to water Paul's ministry. That's going to grow. And so anyone here, we can be humble and God just keep taking us 
to another level of effectiveness. I don't want to top out in my, you know, right now. I want it throughout the years of life more and more effective. And sometimes we think, well, I got to meet this guy and I got to go this place. And God says, you can do that. But if you're not humble, it's not going to work. The, the real secret is that spirit of humility. Jesus says, I'm gentle. I am humble. Be like me. Your ministry will be effective. And so that's the ministry and the humility of Apollos. Let's, let's purpose to be teachable. We want to grow consistently over time. We want to be more effective in the long run. So let's purpose in our heart to be like Apollos, to be humble. Amen. Amen. I ended that like right on time. Amazing. So Lord, just we, we read these scriptures and we're moved. We're moved by Brother Apollos and just how he was able to be pulled aside, how he learned, he became more accurate, he helped people greatly. He ended up watering the apostolic ministry of Paul. Lord, make us like that, make us teachable, make us humble, just like you, God. And I pray for grace for those in this room, those listening right now on Facebook and on the recording, there would be grace on our lives to humble ourselves time and time again, to be a humble people. Jesus uh, says in your word, if my people will humble themselves and pray, Lord, I ask for that spirit of humility to touch us. Help us, Lord. It says in Isaiah that, God, you will look on this one who's contrite and humble of heart. Lord, make us humble. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. For more messages like this one, please visit our online teaching library at gphop.org teachings. If you found this free material helpful in your walk with God, please prayerfully consider a generous donation. To give, please visit gphop.org donate. That's gphop.org donate. Thank you and may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you today.